0: Welcome to the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast, showcasing the amazing individuals we have in our region. Hello, welcome to the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast. Today, it's the 29th of September 2022, and I've got the lovely Vicky Clapham with me. Um, But I'm going to call you the founder of BVIC Marketing, but we just had a funny discussion before you came on about... um, how I was going to introduce you and I said so am I going to introduce you as the founder of Bevic Marketing and you said that actually that's a common kind of uh, mispronunciation of it.
1: It is every time every time without fail (laughs) I don't think there's been one person I've ever met that's actually said Bevic do you know what I mean but um I do I think should I put a bloody hyphen in it or something do you know what I mean but um the, the idea came from um the idea was to have the kind of be uh be fabulous, be amazing, be whatever, do you know what I mean? Obviously, Vic's be my name, uh, but the B and the E came from my children's names, so uh, I've got a son called Ben and a girl called Elizabeth, so that's kind of where that all came about, and um, I thought I was being very clever by doing that, that do you know what I mean? But uh, everyone just seems to call it uh, Bevic, so I think it looks a bit like Britvic, Vic, or I don't know, I don't know why uh, it gets called that, but yeah I, so I just go with it I just go with it. It was funny
0: that because when I was kind of looking at um, what you did earlier when in my preparation I was kind of thinking to myself I wonder if there's another person involved in the business that is like Beth or, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway so we've we've kind of ironed that out it's be Vic marketing <laughs> Thank um, you. and actually um, we've kind of met a couple of times before but not really had a massive conversation and then um, I told a few people that we were recording today and um and the the response was oh love fake
1: oh that's so cute uh, I thought no, you were going to say the response was she'd probably swear a lot I thought that's what you were
0: going to say <laughs> no I didn't get that but you can swear it's not a, <laughs> no, it's man. not a non-swearing I'm... zone no, I um, not <laughs> yeah so You've obviously got your own marketing um, agency. Is it an agency? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And interested to find out how you got to the point where you set up your own business. So maybe go back into you know, you left school. You went, did you go to uni and talk to us a little bit about what your career path looked like?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I did the uni thing, went to Newcastle um loved it really enjoyed it up there and uh basically i think my well marketing journey did start in newcastle my degree were um english literature and language but i i thought i would better get a job or do something up there and um there was a uh, job role for a brand manager on campus and it were to work for um that it was called studentmobiles.com and it was part of Carphone warehouse and it was of the time when mobiles just weren't that big a thing do you know what i mean like you know i think it was like the it was the snake phone. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, it was like yeah. that kind of era, um, the Nokia, whatever it was, one of the best phones ever. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, it was that era, and uh, I had to go down to London to do these interviews and whatever. And I thought it was all very glamorous, and thought this is this is looking good. And um, well, yeah, I got I got that job, and basically I had to do events on campus and. Some branding and uh, get people involved and in, and signed up to the kind of student mobiles and sponsored some events and everything, and so I really enjoyed that and I thought oh I quite like that, um, and so when I finished uni because English literature and language is a bit of a kind of one of those degrees where what what do you do with it? Everyone mm. kept saying oh you're going to be a teacher. And I definitely didn't want to go down that path. That one for me. But my mum and dad definitely wanted me to have, a, I think, a more structured, my dad did, a more structured kind of career path. So he was like, what about police? What about teaching? What about, you know, something like that?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, I want to do, I think, marketing. He was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> it was a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a difficult one to get into. And I applied to a couple of um, uh, graduate schemes. And I got quite far on a couple of them, actually. But um, most of them at that point definitely were down in London. And um I was a bit of a homebody really, I think. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I could see myself doing that. But um I, I I'd I got a job um working for um Education Bradford as a um, comms uh, officer there, advertising comms officer. And that kind of started the journey really into marketing. And um I did all my CIM qualifications then while I was working and I did various jobs, moved around, did various industries. And um, I really enjoyed my time actually working corporately, you know, working in-house. I saw myself very much as that. I did do a few interviews at uh, agencies um, and I didn't really feel that it fit me, actually. I didn't really feel like I was the agency type. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't see my vibe. Um, but I really liked like working in a business and I was really fortunate. I've had some fantastic bosses, some fantastic organisations that I've worked in. And um, I eventually got up to kind of uh, marketing director level. Um and uh really enjoyed that because like I said I got all, did all my qualifications whatever kept learning kept kind of growing and um I was really quite happy in that situation you know I didn't really think of anything um uh really to change that you know just, would have just progressed and, and gone in house but um when I had my second child um there was that realization really and when I got pregnant with my second child I did think how the heck am I going to do this? Mm. Do you know, like I was managing one child kind of and my parents were fantastic with childcare and we had kind of a good thing going on with my husband, you know, where we managed it. But I do, I did have a realisation of thinking, I do not know how this will work with two, do you know? And um, it was pre-Covid definitely then. So flexible working just wasn't as it is now, do you know? Mm. Like there just wasn't that option really at all as it it is. And uh, I kind of were left thinking, I don't really know what other option I've got other than going in on my own um, because at that point I thought if I go for a part-time job it's probably going to be like um, you know market assistant level or a, like a lower level type thing and I thought I don't I've still got too much that I want to do if you know what I mean I had too much to say and I've been used to having these big teams making all the decisions and whatever and I still wanted to do that I didn't you know what I mean as much as I love my kids and obviously want to be a you know present parent and everything I still wanted my career do you know so yeah. um I did genuinely think the only option I had was to set up on my own so I did it reluctantly really Bevic was born kind of reluctantly um but I uh I started my one of my previous colleagues he uh offered me some work and um after maternity leave and I just it just kind of started from there really so it happened quite organically
0: yeah and so I mean marketing's absolutely huge isn't it do you do the whole lot or do you specialise in certain marketing segments?
1: Um, I'm, what, I'm what you call a generalist. So that's what I was when I was working in-house. And that's what I've um, brought uh, into my um, kind of agency, if you like, in the sense of where um, we offer outsourced marketing and comm support. So like basically, if you don't have a in-house marketing manager director, but you wanted some structure and some focus on your marketing, that's what we provide. So that's where we kind of specialise in, if you like. And when you are a marketing director of an organisation, you have got to have the overview of what the heck is going on. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to be a specialist. Do you know, most yeah. SMEs, um, you know, are not really going to be um, in a position where they've got like a head of, you know, digital head of PR head of, the, do you know what I mean? Whatever they're going to probably have probably one person definitely who's going to be overseeing that and overseeing that strategy and how the different elements of marketing come together and i think that's actually a real strength that i've got really um so there's definitely things that i personally enjoy doing more if you like do you know what i mean so i really enjoy collaborative work i really enjoy the events and pr side of stuff i really enjoy the kind of campaign planning and strategy um but um, you know, we do um, lots of other different things. And we've also got a fantastic team of um, specialists, if you like. So when it comes to kind of paid for digital advertising, if you know what I mean, that kind of thing, or web builds or anything like that, or graphic designers, I've got a brilliant team that I use. Like I've got a black book, if you know what I mean, that mm. I trust um, and who I use on numerous, numerous, numerous projects and who I've worked with for many, many, many years. Um so I know they work, they know I work, and I, I can get the results that I needed, completely trust them. So I do, even though there's only a few of us, obviously, that work directly in the agency, there's, um, there's that kind of expertise, that pool, if you like, um to get what needs to be done to implement that marketing strategy for the business.
0: Mm. And I don't want to assume how old you are, but um, uh, did you see the switch to digital throughout your career or was it, were we already in digital when... When you started,
1: um, no, I mean, that there was. Um, I'm definitely not kind of, um, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm not classed as a gen, I'm definitely not Gen Z. <laughs> I think I'm just eking the uh, millennial. I think I, I read somewhere that, you know, I think you've to 41, you could be a millennial, which I'm not sure that might be stretching it out a <laughs> bit. Um, but yeah, like digital's definitely grown significantly. It was there. Um, in some capacity, do you know what I mean? Like starting to develop the whole the whole kind of, obviously there were MySpaces and various things like that. And then obviously Facebook kind of kicked off. And I remember being one of the last people um, to join Facebook, actually, at like my friends. I really didn't want to, I had, um, there were work um, kind of stuff, do you know what I mean? That, um, uh, that I, I joined it for, to do like my work pages and things like that. But I didn't personally have my own profile, do you know what I mean? Active profile. I just didn't want to go down that path um but you know like everybody I think kind of you know you kind of get pulled in reluctantly or whatever um and like now you know there's definitely um there's so much choice I think in, when it comes to platforms now you can really find your space do you know and I don't think it's a case of you know oh you've got to be on everything do you know what I mean I definitely don't have that feeling at all but I've got uh, my preference of where I like to spend time and where I enjoy it and you know that depends as well for businesses like sometimes you know there's certain businesses that would be better on you know LinkedIn or better on Facebook or Instagram whereas like you know they're wasting the time if they're on something else you know they'll just be there you know just posting and not really doing anything so I've kind of seen that evolvement and I've definitely seen kind of the impact it's had on businesses and I think there's been that kind of heyday for social where everyone thinks that it's just about social when it comes to marketing. Mm. And I think that that's been a big um, eye-opener, really, because, like you know, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. It's definitely a tool. It's definitely got its place. But I think where I kind of definitely want to um, show, show for my clients is the other tools, do you know what I mean, that there are in the marketing kind of toolkit. And by using these multiple tools, all collectively, all integratedly, um you're going to get a way bigger bang for your buck do you know what I mean and like you know the ROI is definitely going to be bigger and you're definitely going to have more impact with what you're doing rather than just focusing on that one channel and the biggest thing I I realized when it was I think it was a few years ago I don't know if you you saw it Michelle but like loads of people were getting the pages closed like you know Facebook were just or Instagram were just closing people's pages for various weird reasons do you know what I mean and um People have lost the whole business (laughs) in in some respects, you know, and it wasn't, it's not theirs, you know, that is owned by the social media companies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That is their property, if you like. So there's been so much kind of, you know, emphasis on these platforms and people putting so many eggs in that basket. If something like that happens, you are buggered, you know, like, and I just think, you know, you need to kind of, you know, cover yourself as much as you can get your own databases do have multiple platforms you know what I mean really kind of you know have a really great website that's you know you know functioning and and working effectively for you don't just kind of rely on that Instagram page or that Facebook page because if that gets taken down or whatever hacked or whatever your business is gone
0: Mm. it's funny because I was walking with a friend yesterday and she's presenting at Leeds Digital Festival today actually and we were talking about having handouts and we were laughing and sort of said, ooh, retro, you know, but actually, you know, people are getting back together again. Somebody gave me a leaflet a couple of weeks ago at an event and I thought, oh, okay, it's actually, I've got my pad here, it's tucked in the front of my pad and I will actually go back to it at some point, this leaflet that was given. So it's kind of like, don't forget about the other stuff because everybody's social mad out there. The oh yeah, calls.
1: yeah. The traditional means definitely have got the place, and and on that leaflet, it might have, it might have a QR code on. Do you know what I mean? So it might link with the um the digital. Yeah. It's probably got its social media handles on, and it's probably got its website and everything else. So they definitely link. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, one of the, one of the most successful kind of campaigns I had for one client was um when they did a door drop. You know, that mm-hmm. is really old school. Do you know what I mean? But like what they managed to get in terms of the uh, return on investment of that were massive. Do you know, just by that um, relatively low cost, actually, uh, way of communicating. You know, a targeted market and it did way better than the digital campaign had done, had done. Do you know what I mean? So I think the thing is, sometimes you have got to kind of uh, give it a good um, try of things. Do you know what I mean? Don't dismiss things because maybe, you know, they might have tried that once and it didn't work you know they might have done a leaflet once and thought I never did anything do you know what I mean but that doesn't mean it won't do something again another time and it doesn't mean that you know you have something good there maybe the execution wasn't right or maybe the call to action wasn't right or maybe the design wasn't right do you know there's various reasons why things when you when you come to doing marketing don't work and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever go and look at that avenue ever again or that tool ever again because things do change quite a bit.
0: Yeah. So without upsetting any of your current clients, what's kind of your favourite type of customer to work with? Uh,
1: Well, I am lucky, really, because I think, like, my clients, they are all of an ilk where um, they are all incredibly passionate. And I know that sounds like cliche and you would expect that, but I do think that can, like, dwindle a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think that is hard when you're running a business to keep that passion, but um, I do tend to um, gravitate towards Really creative, um, passionate entrepreneurs, really, who've got these businesses, um, and you know, who really do give a monkeys about, you know, the output and the clients and the people they work with, and and beyond that, you know, it's not always just about the profit. It's about kind of what they can give back to the community, what they can do with, you know, their their um, customers and things like that. And you know, it's um, it's a real joy really to work with people like that because I get we all want the bottom line, do you know? Like that is a you know a fact we've all got bills to pay we've all got you know things things that we need to cover the costs with but I think now in business it's more than that you know and I think you know you've got um you've got a role and responsibility I think as business owners now we're beyond kind of um just paying the wages type thing and I think um I really am thankful that I get to work with organisations that. Uh, see that and want to do something about that so that's what I really enjoy and that doesn't matter what industry they're in do you know what I mean it's more about kind of them as a as a as a business owner business person and how and kind of how they approach things.
0: Yeah I mean I, I'm a massive fan of um, Mary Portas and she talks a lot about the kindness economy which is exactly what you've just talked about it's about having people and the planet at the heart of everything but also understanding that you do need to have a profit because that's sustainability
1: yeah exactly Um, yeah completely we do need to have that and it's kind of um that different mindset of that you can have that and you can do the other things do you know what I mean in fact it can enhance the other thing you know like it's all kind of it all plays a bigger picture and um it does I think it does take some people it's difficult because when we're working and you're working on a business the operational aspects of that business can mean your head is down you know you're doing what you need to do and um taking a step back and looking at kind of what other what other things you could do, whether it's contributing to society or, you know, taking that kind of offer that you have and making it bigger and contributing in another way. Um, it, it does take that additional kind of thought process really, and it is going to push that strategy that you might have a little bit further. But um, I think there's definitely benefits in it and people do benefit from it completely. And like I say, most my clients, they tend to on the whole be really very positive, proactive, Um like you know
0: balls of energy really which is great fabulous sounds great so what's next for bvic what kind of longer term plans have you got
1: um it's a good question um because we've really we i mean we're four we're four years old this year and um over those four years we've grown year on year um and you know i got my first employee um last year um and um you know rather than just using freelancers like uh, I got my first kind of on the books um employee and that's been like a big change for me as a business owner do you know that's a big step type thing and I saw kind of the the difference that's made for me personally you know in terms of how I feel being a business owner and kind of what it's meant for the business um so potentially and hopefully, you know, that team could potentially grow, do you know, um, I mean, I'm very much uh, hands on, you know, I do love what I do, do, you know, I'm not at a point where I want to be just in an office, uh, speaking to people and passing it on to everybody, do you mm. know, I'm very much kind of a hands on um person at the moment in the business and I love that and I'm not at the point where I want to give that up yet so there is only so many people I can work with do you know what I mean like so I have got a capacity level to, to an extent really um but I, you know I can't complain we've been busy since day one do you know and um I've got um like I said there's there's always kind of new projects coming through but there's like ongoing clients I've worked with some of them since literally I launched so um that's that's really lovely to be able to have that kind of relationship and friendship and and um, see the progress in those businesses and over that time Um so hopefully that will continue and um we did get the award win last week at the prolific north yeah Banking
0: congratulations awards,
1: thank you which were a big thing for us really because uh, i have always looked at those awards especially that particular industry award and thought oh you know that looks great and normally you know it's got the McCanns of the world there and some other really amazing agencies um, and to kind of get that recognition amongst those peers uh, was a, a great opportunity, really. And, it didn't you know, that kind of spurred me on really thinking like, you know, there's there's lots more for us to do, really.
0: Yeah. What I know you won the category for um, Best B2B campaign. What what was that campaign? It was
1: where the campaign that we've done with the Bradford bid um the Bradford uh, Business Improvement District with their um, city centre gift card. So there's a new Bradford City Centre gift card that's been launched that is specifically for Bradford, Bradford City Centre. And um, the campaign itself that was up for the award was um, the communication we did with the Bradford bid members. So the Bradford bid members are all the levy payers that um, obviously pay into the bid and they're all the businesses that are in the City Centre and obviously who could receive the gift card. But obviously, you know, we need to get them on board and and buy into it. So the campaign that we got was, um, uh, the award was for that campaign really and getting in the last year getting those businesses on board and um, it's accepted now I think in about 105, 110 venues in the city centre um, and it's we've had some fantastic response and reaction and um, I'm from Bradford, I know Bradford incredibly well and it's a difficult, you know, it's had its, it's, had its challenges, Do you know, it really has, like any high street, but like Bradford has had it really tough and um it's been kind of this uh this last year has been you know keeping that momentum and keeping that energy going and keeping that optimism going and kind of getting people on board with things like this that is actually there to support them absolutely do you know it's about yeah. locking that money yeah. in the local economy but you know you can appreciate people do get jaded people do get exhausted by what's going on do you know like and it's um you know we want covid it's you know the financial crisis potentially we're dealing with it's war it's this you know there's a lot going on for people in retail it's a really difficult one so um getting those businesses on board you know it won't no mean fee but we've kind of you know building a really great relationship with businesses in Bradford and they're um now with the city of culture as well for 2025 being awarded this year it's um there's there's a lot of optimism there
0: brilliant well congratulations on that um we're now at the part of the podcast where I'm gonna ask you some questions about Yorkshire oh um, so completely random. So I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but um, <laughs> but anyway, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned that you've got two two children. So what's your idea of a perfect day out in Yorkshire?
1: Oh, perfect day out. Well. Uh, I really love, um, we love going to kind of uh, um, places like, you know, um, they do something in Bradford actually called uh, Funzy and it's like a trampoline park, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So it'd probably be where we'd go with the kids there, do something like that. Maybe then, um, in ideal world, go to the cinema. We're all big cinema fans, so probably go to Thornbury Cinema, uh, which is on the lead Bradford Um, And Because my, my son's now at that point where he can actually sit through a film, which is great. Mm. Um, so probably do that. Me and my husband really like the cinema as well. So we do that. And then after that, probably go for uh, a nice meal, either at, um, in our local village, we've got something called, a place called Grumpy's, which does amazing pizza, or... There's a, a Mexican restaurant in the village called Sabrosa and they do amazing Mexican. So I do you know that.
0: what somebody else on this podcast has mentioned Grumpy's before and I can't remember who it really?
1: was. Really? <laughs> it's a good it's good. It's where a great is place. It? It's in Farsley.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a nice pizza place. So yeah, that would be my ideal day. we did all that, that would be a good day.
0: Yeah. OK. And if you were to go for a walk in Yorkshire, where would your favourite walk be?
1: Uh I do really like all the Cheving. You know, um, I really like walking around there. We did a lot of walking around there in lockdown, actually. Do you know? Um that that's the views are stunning and um it's uh you can you, there's loads of different options, do you know what I mean? So mm. you don't have to have to do the same walk ever twice. Um yeah. but yeah, it's really pretty. That's really nice.
0: Good. And we'll finish on. What's your favourite pub in Yorkshire?
1: Favourite pub? Oh god. It could Um, be a wine
0: bar or something like that. I
1: know, i am going to say, I don't know whether I've um, gone up in the world, more of a kind of uh, wine bar type girl, but um, I'd say, mm, well, there's two really. Uh, One is, I'll I'll give a shout out to my village again, Parsley, but one's called St Jude's and it's um, it's owned by the same people as Grumpy's actually, but it's a really cool, very small, it's not big at all, but really cool, like little... um, Cocktail beer bar, do you know what I mean? So uh, that's a really nice, and they do some really lovely food, actually. So that's nice. Uh, But uh, give a shout out to Bradford, my hometown. There's a place in Bradford called City Vaults, um, and it's been there forever. And it's got the most stunning uh, glass, stained glass kind of arch roof in it um it's really beautiful i've had an extension recently a really modern extension but the old uh city vaults um kind of setup is still there and it was one of the very very first pubs i ever went into when i could obviously drink over age and um, so it's got a lot of memories for me um as a as a youngster <laughs> and uh i still go in there now for like lunches and stuff when i work in bradford so uh, i'd say that and i do a good drink so that's the one to look out for
0: fabulous well thank you so much for being a guest Vicky it's been really nice to talk to you for a little bit no, thank you, you. Chat. and um, yeah see you soon
1: see you later thank you bye
0: bye thank you for listening to the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast brought to you by Topic UK magazine and Yorkshire Businesswoman magazine